0: Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And remember, I am with you always. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning to everyone. Good to see you all here. Good to see you. Those words uh, that I just spoke there come from the end of Matthew's Gospel they have a powerful connection to today's message because they speak of jesus christ's enduring promise to be with us always even to the end of the age and the passage reminds us that jesus kept his promise today is a day of promises of covenants renewed and of remembering christ's abiding presence The story of Jesus's presence with us during his early life, his earthly life and his continuing presence after his death and resurrection is key to our faith and our worship. The Christ candle that burns right there by the ombre reminds us that Jesus is here now present with us and keeping his promise. And this should give us a great degree of reassurance because broken promises hurt. In Matthew's gospel, he is called Emmanuel, God with us. John, in describing the awesome and mysterious marvel of the incarnation, says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And in Luke's gospel, Gabriel tells Mary that her child will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Today's gospel gives us another surprising reminder of Jesus's presence with us. The baptism of the Lord strikes us as odd. John the Baptist is offering a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. But Jesus has no sins. So why has he come all the way from Nazareth? There was a fever of expectation in the land. The people knew that long ago God promised to send a prophet like Moses, who would speak God's word to them. And there had been many prophets, but not lately. Generations had come and gone without hearing thus says the lord and there was no sign of the promised messiah and then john appeared in the wilderness and some thought he might be the one but john knew better there was another yet to come one who was more powerful one whose baptism would not come from the waters of the jordan river or from any river for that matter his baptism would come from god's holy spirit That same enlivening, creating, transforming spirit that swept over the dark waters of chaos before God said, let there be light. That same Holy Spirit that years later came upon the twelve disciples in Ephesus and had them prophesying and talking in tongues. That same Holy Spirit that will get into the waters there in the baptismal font and bring new life today to Cruz and William. But even though Jesus was to be endowed with this Holy Spirit, he was not to be a stranger to our human life. The promise was not merely to be with us, but also to be of us. Emmanuel does not dip his toe into the ever-flowing river of life and then sit on the bank and watch us go by. No, he gets into the river, where the joys and sorrows swirl, and the quick, unexpected currents threaten to pull us under. Didn't he cry over Lazarus? Didn't he rejoice with the 70 when they came back from their mission, flush with victory over the demons? I saw Satan falling from heaven like lightning, he said. And he knew the deep fear that comes with a sense of abandonment. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There was all this life and so much more in Hebrews. We read, for it is clear he did not come to help angels, but the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect, except one. And yet, down he came from Nazareth to be baptized by John. Down he came, passing through Samaria and the Decapolis, where he would later meet a desperate mother and heal a man beset by a legion of demons. On he came, retracing the route he traveled while still in his mother's womb. Brothers and sisters, can you open your minds and see him walking the long miles? following the old river until he came to Bethany, where the frenzied crowd thronged the baptizer. Can you see him called from his carpenter's bench by a stirring and trembling in his soul that said, now is the time. Go and find John, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. How much did he know of what lay ahead? How much do any of us know of what life will bring us? in the next hour, in the next day, in the year that has just begun. We have a presidential election coming in November. Who knows what the year will bring? No one in that crowd there gathered by the Jordan knew who he was or even cared to know. They were too busy confessing and repenting, weeping with joy over having had their sins forgiven. Yet he joined them, and in doing so, he joined us. And in that moment, as he came up out of the Jordan River, gasping for air and dripping with water. In that moment, God spoke, you are my son, the beloved with you. I am well pleased. And these are such beautiful words affirming. And strengthen. You are my son. You are my daughter. My beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And hearing that, doesn't it make you want to please him? How hard it must be to go through life and never hear those words, not only from God, but from a parent father, mother, a friend, to never hear those words, you are my beloved, you I am well pleased. How hard it must be to not hear those words, to find ourselves perhaps in such despair that we would disbelieve them even if we heard them, saying to ourselves, how can I, how can I so full of sin and so prone to mistakes be God's beloved? Yet God's love revealed in Jesus Christ and in those who reach out to us is relentless. Go away, we say, but our words fall on deaf ears and on he comes. He has promised to be with us and to never leave us. Consider, brothers and sisters, that it is at the moment of the baptism. At the moment of Jesus's communion with the crowds that God rejoices and speaks. You are my son, my beloved with you, I am well pleased. The same thing is happening today. God is rejoicing all over Christendom. People are being brought into the body of Christ. Today is a day of promises. Many of us will remember the promises we have made. As we renew our baptismal covenant, parents and godparents of William and Cruz will make sacred vows in the name of these two children. And yet the promises and obligations that they make do not fall to them alone, for we too are included. For what is it that we said in our opening acclamation? There is one body and one spirit, one Lord, one faith, One baptism, one God and Father of all. We are one family. With all the challenges, the trials, the joys, the frustrations and the support that comes with being a family. A family in name and a family in Christ. One faith, one baptism, one body not only here at St. Anne's long ago in a sermon on Psalm 62, St. Augustine of Hippo said the whole church spread abroad. Everywhere is his body and of that body, he is the head. It is not only believers alive today who constitute his body, those who preceded us and those who will come after us. Even to the end of time, all these belong to his body. And being members of his body, brothers and sisters, we all have promises to make. Vows and covenants we will try to keep with God's help. Promises we will remember and renew. Broken promises we will try to mend with God's help. Today's gospel shows us one way in which Jesus kept his promise to be with us, to aid and assist us, to join us in the teeming waters of life and be baptized. And so knowing this, may we keep our promise to abide in his body, to proclaim his word, to strive for the justice and peace that our world so sorely and desperately needs so that we and the children baptized today may live in Christ's holy and love-filled fellowship with each other and with those whom we meet on this, our earthly pilgrimage. Amen. Amen.